Welcome back, and I love my guests from the studio. We're really having fun this evening. We're discussing retirement financial planning, and my guest is Laseka Monaring. She's Managing Director of KLU Wealth and Legacy Management, and Hetty Jabeh, Head of Legal Wealth and Retirement Products Momentum Investments. Going straight to emails now. Email from you for you, Hetty, anonymous. I filed for divorce and my husband is playing delaying tactics. To cut a long story short, the settlement proposed that I get 50% of his pension. I've only recently found out that this is not registered with the insurer and my relationship with my ex is non-existent. Is there anything that I can do? Uh, well, if the divorce order is binding on the fund, then the, she can send the divorce order to the fund and the fund can then make the payment directly to her. For a divorce order to be binding, there are three basic requirements that have to be met. The first is that the fund must be identified or identifiable. So you'll have to have the name of the fund or at least the pension number of the member if you have that. The in, second in the divorce agreement. In the divorce agreement. That's usually in the, in the settlement agreement that's made an order of court. The second one is that um, the, it must be specified what percentage of pension interest is allocated to the non-member spouse. And pension interest is a defined term. So it's not the, the interest that you get on your fund benefit. It's in, a, in an occupational fund, the benefit that you would have received if you resigned on the date of the divorce. And the third one is quite obvious. The fund must be ordered to pay. So if there's no order uh, as to, uh, for the fund to pay, then it will be the member that will have to pay it. So if the order is binding on the fund and it is sent to the fund, you don't need your, your, uh, the, the member's permission to do that. You can do it on your own. Then the fund will pay it directly. If not, then tough luck. You'll have to go to the member. Okay. Hetty, you made a comment that the, f that the percentage of the fund is based on the percentage at time of withdrawal. Yes, yes. So pension Not at time of retirement. No, no. So pension interest, uh, the, the term is defined in the Divorce Act. So for an occupational fund, as I said, it's your, your resignation benefit as if you resigned on the date of divorce. And you can get any percentage of it. It's a fallacy that you can only get 50%. The pension interest forms part of the joint assets in the estate. So you can decide on what percentage of that you want to allocate. For a retirement annuity, it's the contributions that the member made plus a specified uh, uh, interest rate uh, in the Prescribed Interest Rate Act, but limited to the fund benefit. So if the, if the benefit that you calculate is less than what's in the, in the fund, obviously you can't pay out more than you have. Then it's limited to that. And in a preservation fund, it's the benefit that you would have been able to take if you took your whole benefit out of the preservation fund on the date of divorce. So you, use the, you, you, you use the term uh, occupation retirement? Oh, sorry, occupational fund is a pension or provident fund. Okay. So it's the fund that you belong to because you work for a certain employer. And if you don't have that order in the, in, in, in the, divorce, uh, in the divorce order, what happens if, if, if spouses want to split the pension benefits, if they agree at retirement to split the pension benefits? Then the benefit will have to be paid to the member and the member will have to pay the non-member spouse the allocated portion. But the member will then pay, pay the all the tax. All the taxes. Yes. If the, if the divorce order was binding on the fund, then the non-member spouse would have paid tax on the amount that was paid to the non-member spouse. Hetty, what about in community of property? Uh, you can only actually only get the division of pension interest if you are married in community of property or if you are married out of community with accrual. But y you very seldom see in the divorce agreement what the marital regime is. It will just say this is what the parties agree to. We assume that the attorneys know that you can only get that if the, p the parties were married in community. Or? Yeah, or, or with accrual. With accrual. Um, Vernon in Van der Bell says, how do I calculate whether I have enough insurance or not? The second? 
Big question about life insurance. Yeah, I mean, I would say to Vernon, um, you need to work out how much, I mean, easy. The first thing is debt. So in the event of death, you would need to settle all your debt. It's the right thing to do. And it's if you want to give your in, um, dependents assets as opposed to inheriting the debt or losing the assets in, on, in the event of death. So the second thing... And that's easy enough. Yeah, debt is that's clear. Debt is yeah. clear. So that's your outstanding balance on whatever debt you have, and it's all debt. It's personal loans, it's mortgage, it's everything. Um, and then the second thing is basically looking at who needs to benefit in the event of your death. So if you are a financial breadwinner or you're looking after dependents, it's who are those people and how much would they need to benefit? So if you have young children uh, still at um, school attending age, it's basically that the age of those children, how long they're still ex dependent on you. So if they're 12, you would work out up until basically end of first tertiary undergraduate degree and you calculate those costs and you, you get somebody to work it out for you, you know, obviously with the projection of inflation. So it's dependent, how much the depends would need from in the event of your death, how, how much you still need to provide for. Um, and also there's death expenses. So you'd again, you know, if, if you don't want um, your executor to sell assets to basically wind up your estate, you'd need to make sure that there's enough liquidity to pay the taxman, to pay um, the executive fees, any legal expenses. Um, there's also there might be a state duty um, liable. So all those expenses need to be taken into account. So I would say to Vernon, it's not a thumb suck as most people would think. Um, it is a calculated event. Someone needs to help you work out the numbers and so that you make sure that you're appropriately insured. But second, I'd add one thing to that as well, because yeah. you can calculate education costs. Yes. Some pol some policies actually fun actually fund education, exactly. but you can calculate. Someone can calculate for you: Are you going private? Are you going you know, government exactly. schooling? And what those costs will be? And ring fence that money as well. Hetty, one of the big bugbears really is retirement funds, beneficiaries of retirement funds, because they're not really beneficiaries. Not under really life policies and investment policies, you can appoint who you like. But under retirement funds, if you appoint a beneficiary, the insurance, the, the, the fund itself, the trustees can determine that that is not the, who the money is going to. Now, unfortunately, uh, Section 37C of the Pension Funds Act makes it very clear that the benefits in a retirement fund do not form part of the assets in your estate, which means that you cannot decide on that. The trustees have to allocate it to the beneficiaries that they identify, and those can be either dependents as defined in the Act, which it's your, normally your, your spouse and, and children and people that you are legally obliged to maintain. Um, and then they have to decide on how the benefit is allocated between those beneficiaries and how it's going to be paid. So if you want to make a nomination, it's not really a nomination in the sense that the trustees will blindly follow it. They will use it as a guideline, but that's what it is. It's only a guideline. And, and it can, I mean, particularly if their parents involved, and Sikha spoke about, you know, the sandwich generation. Yes. And I mean, sometimes, you know, today children are helping parents. So got to understand, group life, is that, uh, is that treated the same way? It depends on whether the group life is approved or unapproved. So what I mean by those terms is approved, it's, it's provided by the fund. Unapproved is it's a separate policy that's taken out by the employer for his employees. And you'll see on your benefit statement, you'll actually see it will say self-standing for unapp unapproved or provided by uh, a policy or the employer. And for approved, it will be say it will say fund benefit or um, fund approved benefit. If it's fund approved, then it gets treated exactly the same way as your, as your normal retirement benefit. So the two get added together. The trustees decide how and when it will be paid. Um, and there's, there's no tax on it. 
well, there is there's tax on it, but it's not the normal uh, PAYE because it's taxed in the same way that your retirement benefit is taxed. Retirement tax. It's retirement Could tax. Could end so up paying as much as 36%. Yes, you can. Yeah. But the, the first 500,000 will be tax-free if you haven't taken a benefit before. If it's unapproved, then because the, the premium was taxed as a fringe benefit, the benefit is totally tax-free. But you as the member have total control over who gets that. So if you want to nominate... Do it on your unapproved if you have an unapproved. But don't think that if you do a nomination on a retirement benefit, that's where the money's going to end up, because it's not. You found problems there, Lisa? Oh, absolutely. And I'm just, as Hattie is speaking, I'm just remembering all the, the changes that are anticipated with regards to changing spouses as well. Um, I've seen there's going to be, so I'm, it's quite exciting to see what's going to come out of this to say who's considered a spouse and how long is it, you know, there's a rule that says if you've been living for six months. And so um, it's quite interesting. But I also feel that it's, it does need to be looked at because not often is it really relevant or reflecting the demographics of South Africa. So I'm quite keen to see the change around the you know the spouses and who are the right people that actually need to benefit but absolutely right people have no and people get upset when you tell them that actually you are not going to you're not going to dictate how this money is going to be people get so worked up um, so a lot of again a lot of education needs to be done people actually have no idea that this is the section 37 um, rule actually applies to retirement funds so it's just something that Lucifer said about the, uh, the permanent life partner, that if there's mm. a specified period, that, that's also a fallacy. Yeah. Because permanency is the determining factor, not duration of relationship. Um, wh what I normally say to people is, if I have a house and I sell my house and I move in with somebody else, that's pretty permanent because mm. I don't have anything to go back to. So there are different, way, different ways to determine whether a relationship is permanent. Duration is not the only one. Well, you, 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 you mentioned something very important as well, and you said that get yourself a good financial advisor. Absolutely. I mean, people need to realise, I mean, just listening to Laseco, you can understand it's just not about a product, it's about understanding everything about that individual. Although I've concentrated a lot this evening on the financial aspect relating to retirement, one must not forget that a retirement plan is just part of your overall financial plan. This should also include estate and tax planning. Each piece needs to fit together congruently to make sure that your overall plan encompasses everything from protection of the families in the event of premature death to ensuring that you have sufficient income to see you through during your lifetime. The biggest danger for all is being too conservative in your investment approach because of longevity and inflation. Don't focus on one aspect of a financial plan in isolation while neglecting others. Hetty, Lesecho, thank you for joining me this evening. Uh, it's important to note that our programme is to provide information and should not be construed as advice. Next week's programme, we'll be dealing with estate planning and if you need to get hold of me, my details will appear on the screen. I'd like to thank you for watching and good night.